really out today. I think I'll go with a cardigan. Yep, even easier than that. And with our top-rated app, you can bank anytime, anywhere, making Capital One an even easier decision. That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? New consumer accounts only. Approval required. Term supply. Capital One and a member FDIC. The radio home of the 76ers. Oh, boy, what a move by a beat. 97.3 ESPN, WENJ, WENJHD, Millville, Atlantic City. This is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. All right, 5 o'clock drive home. What's going on, everybody? Sports Bash. I'm Mike Gill. That's Hunter Brody at Mike Gill Show on Twitter. You need to match just one number, 1 to 15, to win cash pop from the New Jersey Lottery. The more numbers you play, the better odds of winning. So pop in and play because anything can happen in Jersey. So I think I got the music and everything all put together. Let's hear it. You know, we just did the Anytime Hotline calls, and there was a guy who, I don't know, how would you describe that gentleman? Gentleman's a kind word, I think, for that Uh, Well, I mean, he was obviously disappointed in the Eagles season, so emotionally uh, confused? Uh, Emotionally confused? I don't know. He sounded excited. Well, he did. I mean, he was excited for the Sixers, so he's emotionally confused because the Sixers got him going, but the Eagles made him a depressed human being. Well, I think I got the right music to kind of captivate uh, the way this guy was feeling. Wow, man. Being a Sixers fan is just f***ing amazing right now, dude. 17 weeks of bull Eagles football, but then it's all worth it in the end. Seeing these Sixers just f***ing on people, dude. I don't even know if I'm going to put this in the video, but it's just f***ing amazing. It is just great watching these dudes. Everyone's touching ball. Everyone's involved. Everyone's scoring points. Everyone's getting success. It's great. I think what we need to do is get watching these dudes, everyone touching balls, and then have this music playing in the background. I think I did that. That's what just happened. Well, just... Oh, man, it's great. Just those right there. Boom. I mean, I would love to have seen what was going on in that guy's mind when he said, I'm going to call up right now and just lay it on the line. He was probably uh, lighting something up. Tuesday with Thompson. PT's here. Peter? Michael, bros, I'm not touching any balls. Thank you for asking. Wow. All right. (laughs) Uh, Happy New Year. To you, too. You all right over there? I'm hearing my girlfriend in the background saying, you're so stupid. Don't say that on the radio. (laughs) She's right. I mean, you're just so juvenile. Yes. What a horrible man I am. (laughs) Uh, All right, Peter, let's get down to business here because I think people would like to hear your reaction to what you saw Sunday night. I mean, uh, my initial tweet, I went back to look at it because uh, I, I haven't been tweeting as much during the Eagles games. And when it happened, I, I wrote, Sudfeld going in the game at this point, the Giants players and fan base must be going nuts. First, Doug doesn't take the chip shot field goal. Now, Nate freaking Sudfeld. Wow, right? It took the people a little bit to realize what was going on. I was a little slow on the uptake there. Shocking, right, to realize that, Tankadelphia was happening right in front of my eyes, and, and then wait, did I, you uh, go into the game like hopeful for a victory? Yeah, didn't you know that prior to just seeing the roster would pretty much tell you that, wouldn't it? 
No, did I go into the game hopeful for a victory? I'm an Eagles fan first and foremost. I always would like them to win the game. Secondly, when I saw all the people that were out, I didn't think they had a chance to win the game. But, you know, the fan in you first and foremost, when you're that close in the game, you, you look at it as a fan. And I saw it as a chance to tie the game up at 17 easily. And maybe, you know, the, I mean, the, the Washington football team was doing just as good a job as trying to hand the victory over as the Eagles defense was with takeaways and, you know, but the offense was pathetic. And so I thought it was a winnable game, you know, so didn't I know that that was possible going in? Sure. But I didn't think it was going to display itself in such a uh, visceral way. And then it ended up being so obvious. Okay. Knowing what you now know with, you know, they lost because the draft situation, does it bother you that they lost the game in the manner that they did? Uh, does it bother me? Like, I'm not one of the people that are talking about the integrity of the game, and I'm not so, like, outrageous as, like, that. that's an embarrassment to the National Football League and all that. I mean, uh, or, or they should be fine draft picks. I mean, some people were really going nuts, you know. I, I put it up on Facebook after the game. I haven't done this in a while either. I said, let me hear from you. Keep it clean. Your thoughts about tonight's Eagles game and the decision to pull Jalen Hurts from the game are – and do you know how many comments I had, Michael? Yeah, 161. Yeah, I mean, I was like, "Whoa!" I just kept getting notifications on my phone that you somebody had as many. You had as many comments as you do former jobs listed on here. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it, it says you're supposed to list all the jobs, so I listed them all. I mean, that's also a. a you can look at it the two ways. Boy, what a distinguished career the PT has had. And then the opposite side is you've been fired that many times. <laughs> Um, I mean, so they lose the game. People are outraged, but where does it leave them now? Like you're hearing these reports that some of the players were not happy about it, that some had to be restrained on the sideline. So, I mean, you know me, I could care less. Like they lost the game like you, like the integrity stuff. Look, they beat the saints one week and you're like, okay, maybe that'll carry over to the next week. And they lost again the next week and looked just like the Eagles did every other week. People act like this game, if they win or lose, the, the way like it's going to carry over. You know when they play their next game, September. You know the next how many guys of this roster will be on that roster? Probably fifteen. So I don't see any carryover except from the coach. And there's certain guys who might look at this coach differently now. Is that a problem? Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. The people that seem to have the most problem with it, they showed Jason Kelsey, and there's no guarantee that Jason Kelsey will be back again next season. Or, you know, I mean, people that were upset about it, look, Jalen Hurts will be back, but, you know, uh, who knows uh, what position Jalen Hurts is going to be in. Is he going to be the starter? Is he going to, you know, I mean, none of this stuff is written in stone. So to me, that was the one thing that I was worried about. And Doug was asked that question several times of, you know, but don't you think that, you know, you lose the locker room by doing that? And, uh, and there's a lot of people who have the theory that he was told to do this. I'm not sure I agree with that. I think Doug just, you know, the light bulb went on. He was dropping hints in the NBC, uh, in the NBC broadcast pre-production meetings. Like when he met with Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth before the game or, you know, in their meeting that they do like two days beforehand, he slipped in there. Look, Doug, everybody likes to think Doug's a moron. Doug's pretty calculated, right? He made sure he said like, oh, yeah, we'd like to see Sunfeld at some point. You know, I mean, he's putting that in there so that hopefully they don't rip him when he does run Sunfeld in. The thing is, is the timing of it in a three-point 
deficit with 1230 something left to go in the game that's when he did it and that's when it became blatantly obvious to me and everybody else that oh my god we're watching a tanking on national tv i heard you yesterday joe and i agree with this you know if you're upset about it be upset at the league they're the ones that flexed it into this big prime time game and played it up as it had all these ramifications you know if this happened at one o'clock on a sunday game in week 17 that nobody gave a hoot about it wouldn't have gotten into this this stratosphere of where it did, but you know, there was things I missed. I didn't see that Jalen hurts was mouthing like that's not right. You know? So, I mean, Jalen hurts is going to say the right things when he gets in front of the media. But the reality is I think he was pissed off that he got pulled from the game, especially at that point. Yeah. Just to backpack a little bit with this Jeff McLean article, he does say in this that even though Hertz was told that on Wednesday, there was a chance Sudfeld could play. He couldn't understand why Peterson would make the switch that in that uh, part of the game, and then just to, to keep going, Eagles players and assistants had no inclination that Sudfeld was part of the offensive game plan, and if they did, they figured it would be abandoned because of the tight score. So it's pretty much the communication factor that seemed to throw everybody off, and I guess when you look at how this entire season played out, that was coming from top to bottom through every single person in this organization. A lack of communication has been one of their biggest issues. This just defines that even more. Right, and then the thing that worries me moving forward, Broads, is like, you know, so the inclination or the tea leaves are that Doug's going to be back, right? The, 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 all the indications are that Howie's going to be back, okay? So then you sit there and you ask yourself, is changing Jim Schwartz out for, I don't know, Anthony Lynn or somebody else that just got fired that's better as a defensive coordinator than a head coach? Is, some, is that enough alone to revive what's really a bad football team? You don't get to be 4-11-1 by being a good football team, and they're bad in several places. So uh, I'm not very optimistic about how the offseason is going to go, but at the same time, I sure do want to see what all the moves are and what well, they do. Let me ask you this then. A couple years ago, oh, it was eight years ago, they went 4-12. and 12. That was Andy's last season. And that team was decimated by injuries on the offensive line, if you remember that. Do you re recall? Mm -hmm. I do, yes. They fired Andy. They brought Chip Kelly in. And voila, the line was healthy, and they won 10 games. I don't think anybody believes Chip Kelly is a better coach than Andy Reid, but Chip Kelly had the fortunate ability to use an entirely new offensive line that Andy was not given. So could I make the argument that if my offensive line is back healthy next year, I'm not as far off as you, Pete Thompson, just made it sound like they are? Uh, yeah, you could argue that, and yes, I do remember that. I think the, the pieces around the the offensive line got the headlines, but I think the pieces around that, you know, the defense was in a better place at that point, and I think that, you know, some of the offensive weapons that they had, especially maybe at receiver at that point, you know, wasn't that a very young Deshaun Jackson, and wasn't it uh, Michael Vick that uh, came in on his first game uh, with Chip Kelly and lit up at the time the Redskins? Right, I don't know that the Eagles do the Eagles. Where's their burner? Is Jalen Rager supposed to be their burner? He well, they still have Deshaun Jackson. Right, yeah, <laughs> that's a shell of what Deshaun Jackson actually used to be, when he know. plays. He's still pretty darn good. Yeah, the problem is he gets one play in there. Imagine if he could play ten. Yeah, get ten right. uh, home run hits. Did they did they deem that him that he was too good that we can't put this guy out? He's too good. We don't want to win these games. We got to get him off the field. No. Was he really that hurt? 
that was the funniest of some of the funnier memes that I saw immediately in the wake of everybody opening their eyes up to the tanking was happening was, you know, if Doug really wanted to tank, he would have started Wentz. You know, I thought that was pretty funny too, but uh, look, it it was a great discussion going back and forth. I'm not going to linger on it. It's not going to hold with me. I agree with that point hundred percent that when when the Eagles fans get to the start of the next preseason and the season's get ready to go, it's not going to mean a hell of a PT. I don't even think it's, yeah, I don't even think it's to next season. I think when draft, time rolls around everyone's gonna be thrilled so excited they got this six overall pick I, I mean I'm talking no at the draft no oh, and, and to further that PT I opened up today's show by saying the giant fans on draft day are going to be saying thank you Eagles for losing that game because now the Giants have the 11th pick instead of the 19th pick and guess what they need the 11th pick not the 19th pick the Giant fans should be thanking the Eagles fans for not allowing them to make the playoffs I mean and I certainly agreed with that there were a lot of look the whole thing with fan being the fanatic and you have irrational takes but there were a lot of Giants fans that I saw on social media a lot of people that responded to my Facebook post that said Look, you know, I don't blame the Eagles at all. Don't go for it. Don't have a stretch where you go one and six or one and seven and lose a bunch of games. If the Giants uh, wanted to get in, uh, don't rely on the Eagles. You know, beat the Eagles in that game at Lincoln Financial Field when the Eagles won that infamous game where uh, Daniel Jones tripped over the, uh, what, 35 yard line or something like that. You know, win those games, right? So, I mean, I saw a lot of takes about that, which I was pleased to see some some sense and sensibility on the feed instead of just irrational stuff. I told people to keep it clean, and for the most part, they did. Uh, Tuesday with Thompson. Pete Thompson's here. It is the Sports Best Live on 97.3 ESPN. And uh, obviously this offseason has got so much going on. You know, Miles Sanders today said the players um, did not like this quarterback switch. And, you know, the question is, what happens at that position next year? Wentz back, Hurts plays, or you now have the sixth pick, Pete Thompson. Do you consider a quarterback? Yeah, I mean, that's a little crazy to think about, isn't it? I mean, are you going to be – when Howie uttered his infamous quote of quarterback factory, I don't think that's what he was thinking, you know. that. Uh, well, he, has, he, did, he did say that he regrets that comment. As he should. That was probably – that and gold standard are two of the ones that have come out in the last 10 to 15 years that – uh, the fan base and you and I are, ne- are never going to forget about. I mean, I, I look at it. Look, I love Devontae Smith, by the way. I think that that's a, a guy that would be an impact receiver and a nice fit. The kid out of Alabama, I'm a big fan of his his work. But, you know, the, isn't the Heisman Trophy ceremony Tonight. coming up? Tonight, even, you know, I mean, so uh, there's impact players to be had. Although, you know, if they could get a look, uh, the kid from Ohio State looked pretty darn good in the semifinal game. I was watching those rainbow throws go down the field, but ooh, that would look good in a in a pro uniform if that could be replicated, right? Um, but uh, and I don't know. Look, the four game sample size was that enough for you? Do either of you guys honestly think that Jalen Hurts showed you enough to call him a franchise quarterback? I wouldn't say so. I think he showed me enough to show me that he's a winner, and I like his attitude, but but I'm not ready to like put the franchise on his shoulders yet. No, I, I don't think you go, you hand him the keys and say, like, hey, this is all yours, but I think he has definitely given you enough intrigue where you can give him an opportunity to earn that type of respect. And I just wonder, when Miles Sanders comes out and says, you know, we were not happy with the quarterback change, is that because of just the message it sent in general? Or does it have something to say about Jalen Hurts, the individual, that they felt maybe Jalen Hurts was getting disrespected and they were looking at it from that aspect? 
I think it's probably more the first than the second, but you could argue that it's a little of both. I mean, the bottom line is with, on a three three point deficit in a game that was winnable, and the Washington football team kept trying to find ways to hand it to them. You know, even after they put Sudfeld in, Sudfeld tossed an interception. He fumbled the Kelsey snap on his next possession. He was ineffective. I mean, it was just such a blatant, obvious thing, and and that's why I think everybody got up in arms. But for what Miles Sanders said, I mean, that that's just natural. He's just being honest, you know, and, and look, uh, we love honesty, you know, for honesty to come out, for him to say that, you know, uh, uh, goodness, because that's what everybody was thinking, you know, and, and I'm sure you guys saw the images of the guys that went back out afterwards after they realized they played their last game too, probably as an Eagle. The one that uh, uh, I'm so baffled about is Ertz because uh, I love Zach Ertz. I think he, uh, what are you baffled about? Uh, well, because he has a year left on his contract. Well, he, uh, you know what I mean? That, he's making eight and a half million bucks. I mean, they're in cap purgatory. I mean, that's not hard to figure out. I'm just baffled about the fact, you know, all he has to do is go play out his contract. Or, or if he if uh, they really want, if he really wanted to be the team player, he could come back and say, I'll play for six. I wonder you know? if that, is when that I saw him money? crying, I, I wondered if there was like a reality check and there was like, I love this place that much where I would be willing to do it. You know, I, I don't know if the Eagles I mean, would, but I, that came across my mind. Yeah, uh, you saw the other layers of the onion. You know, he's got like a family member that's going to Temple. He's bought a house. You know, he's putting roots down in the area. No matter where he plays football next year, he's going to call Philadelphia's home. But uh, yeah, I thought that was a little interesting to me. That, well, yeah, look, uh, and all these guys have the ability to say, you know what, I love it here so much. I will help the team out. I know you have cap problems, and I want to help that out. I will take less money. He's not doing that. Well, exactly. And, I mean, the last time we talked about, oh, yeah, you're going to help the team out. Like, Jason Peters was going to help the team out when the guy got injured in preseason, right? He was going to help the team out and come in and play. But only if he got a little bit more money. <laughs> the difference right? like, is, no matter- though, the difference is, though, is, like, we've never seen that type of emotion from someone from, you know, that that part of it. We've never seen it to that degree. People would say, oh, Nick Foles loved it here so much, he would take a pay cut to be a backup. Different story, though. Like, have we ever seen someone pour tears out like that to the media in, in that way? I just feel like it, it adds another layer to the conversation. Yeah, maybe Dick Vermeil when he said he was burned out and he couldn't coach anymore. I mean, that's another guy that cries in front of the cameras. You know, listen, I have no problem with it, and I think most Philly fans don't. You know, they love emotion, right? And they love passion. They love they love re- reality, like a real take, you know? And uh, for him to get upset about the fact that he realizes maybe his time's over. And, and listen, this all goes back to the fact that, you know, uh, he and Howie kind of were trying to, or his agent and Howie were trying to have contract talks, and, and obviously they were on different ends of the uh, negotiation. So, I mean, that's where the, everything started. But he's still going to be a, a, a serviceable, if not above serviceable, uh, shoot, shoot, serviceable, I shouldn't say that. I should say above serviceable. I mean, the guy's still a top tight end when he's healthy. Okay, he's at least a top ten tight end in the league when he's healthy. Well, nobody's debating far. his – by the way, he had a horrible year this year. That's number one. Number Awful. two, nobody's yeah. debating that he still has years to give. It just the Eagles have cap problems. They have a player behind him who can fill his spot. It's not like they're getting rid of Ertz and have nobody – you know, it's not like they're going to um, Josh Perkins. I mean, they drafted a guy who's been – a pretty good player. So, I mean, this is a smart move. Yeah, it's, it's a, a s- good business move. It's what they did with Malcolm. But and with the Malcolm thing, they didn't even have someone to fill the role. Here, they did, I guess McLeod, but it's a different vibe for sure. But this time, they do have that backup. 
Well, and this yeah, is a this and, is purely a a business cap decision. This is not Ertz. You're old and you can't play anymore. Although he did not play very well this year. Yeah, I mean, to your numbers, Mike. That's set, there's 73 million that are projected to be over the cap. So 73 million. That, that's where you say goodbye, Alshon Jeffrey. Thank goodness. Uh, sorry, Deshaun Jackson. It didn't work out. 2.0. Uh, you know, we'll always remember that first game, and then you couldn't play again, right? Marquise Goodwin. You know, you cut all those salaries. That gets to 17 million, but you still have to figure. Like, there's even guys like Derek Barnett's projected to make 10 million dollars base salary. Uh, Jason Peters, they'll probably wave goodbye to you. Jalen Mills is another contract you have to think about uh vinnie curry uh cravon leblanc and nick uh, roby coleman they're all scheduled to be free agents you know i mean there's all kinds of things that have to be addressed but i mean they did uh they did get reworked contracts to free up some space for a couple guys i guess but you know the reality of it is is that this team like you said gill is going to be vastly different when they take the field again in the preseason next year to start the next season. And, and I'm okay with that. Right. You and, go 4-11-1, well, you should look different. Different for a good reason. Like, you can think about the last game the other night. You had prior playing left tackle, he'll be gone. Toth was the fifth or sixth. I just saw a tweet from Jaworski. This season, the Eagles used 36 different players on offense. That's the most in the NFL. And they played 39 different players on defense. And yeah. many of those guys we will never hear from again. I tweeted something out the other night, Pete. If you had, and I listed like nine guys. I mean, I can't remember. I said, if you had them all being on the field at the same time, go cash your ticket. And then I kept adding, like, <laughs> this guy also got in. I mean, it was just a joke. So I think the Eagles fans need to understand that why this season was embarrassingly bad it wasn't embarrassingly bad because the organization and the team is a dumpster fire, a.k.a. Detroit, your typical Clevelands, your typical Buffaloes, you know, those teams that just could never get it right. Or was it embarrassingly bad because of injury? And I think that that's what we have to try to balance. Yeah, I, I, injury obviously had a lot to do with it, you know, and I think they did find some diamonds in the rough, too. I mean, do you think Alex Singleton, for example, ever – look, I, I think that guy can play. You know, he's not like a, a top-notch, like uh, going to grace the cover, go to the Pro Bowl kind of player, but, I mean, the guy has ability and deserves to be in there, you know. Uh uh, for for a brief period of time, I thought that Travis Fulgham was a diamond in the rough that they found. So I think when you do get that many injuries, you do find some people, uh, you know, sort of off the scrap heap, if you will. Or you bring some people in and find out that they're talented. The reality of it is is that uh, they they just tried to hold on to some of the aging guys for too long, and were banking on these guys being able to stay healthy. And they weren't. I mean, specifically on offense, uh, Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson are, are strike one and strike two of guys that you were counting on for production out of and big things out of, and they weren't even, they were non-existent. They weren't there. Peter, are you uh, changing or getting excited about the Sixers? Changing expectations or getting excited? I voted for not changing my expectations. Uh, they already were pretty high to begin with. Uh, a, I thought they were a playoff team who's constructed, and B, I thought with Doc Rivers in there that they could be a team that would could contend for the East, you know, to, to make it as far as, say, the Eastern Conference Finals. So I haven't changed anything. The, the thing that I'm most pleased about is a couple things. One, I think Dwight Howard is, is an unbelievable influence on the players, right? You can have the – you can have a red – 
G.D. Arbach in there or have some, you know, you could have John Wood and some Hall of Fame coach in there. Uh, the reality is, is the players tend to listen to players first and coaching second. So I think that guys like Dwight Howard have been a great influence to come in on some of the younger players, especially Joel. Two, and Joel's the key. I mean, Joel being healthy and, and being able to, to put up the numbers that he has is a big reason for their hot start, six and one. But then the other thing, too, is is Doc Rivers' style, you know, and, and I mean, what they've been able to do on defense sometimes, they're almost, they're still sort of congealing and gelling, right? But I mean, there's been some times where uh, even when, when you turn it on, you think, like, God, why are they letting this other, why is this other team even winning this game, or why are they in this? And then they sort of flip the switch and they go out and they play. That high pressure defense, the defense leads the offense, and and then they've had a couple laughers too. I mean, they're not always going to be able to shoot the lights out, which they did the other night, which was great to see. And then you're seeing like uh, all the way at the end of the bench guys come in and play. But but I think uh, you know uh, Joel's been unbelievable when he plays. Obviously, their only loss came when he didn't play. So my expectations haven't changed. They were already high to begin with, but I sure am excited with what I've seen so far. All right, uh, and then the Flyers uh, next Wednesday, a week from tomorrow, Peter. Uh, it is a 5.30 odd start time for the, for the season. I think they're doing that for TV, if I'm not mistaken, because I think they're trying to, you know, do, they're probably going to do some massive splash of hockey. Um, look, I'm excited about them, too. I, I love seeing that, you know, the franchise goalie comes out with a quote that says, I don't just want to be a good goalie. I want to be the best goalie in the league. Hell yeah, Carter Hart, you go. I mean, there's some question marks about who's going to pair with who, you know, with Niskanen leaving on the defense. I want to see who they pair up with. Uh, Provy on the top of defensive pairing. And then, like, the intrigue of, like, uh, are you teasing me again or is this going to happen? You know, Nolan Patrick, is he actually going to play Oscar Lindbaum? Is he going to continue to develop? Because people forget that, like, he was uh, near the top or leading the Flyers in goals when he uh, went out, you know, with his cancer situation. He, he, he had uh, he had been in good shape and, and was being a contributor. So if you get both those guys back, I mean, there's a lot of people who don't think they did enough in the offseason. And yet at the same time, if you added uh, a healthy Nolan Patrick uh, to be a key, like, third-line center, and you added Oscar Limbaugh coming back with his development, uh, then it's almost like adding two solid players. So, I mean, I, I'm excited about that. Uh, the only thing that I get a little question mark, and I'll ask you this, Broads, Samuel Moran as a left winger, a six-seven left winger, what are they doing? Yeah, I don't think he's ever going to get some serious time, Sal. He was a first-round pick, I think the 11th pick overall, so unfortunately all the injuries caught up to him. I do want to ask you this, though. Have you been watching any of the World Junior uh, Championships? Cam York, that's oh. the guy, right? Yeah, Cam York and Bobby yeah. Brink. Nonstop, I'm watching this tournament. Yeah, it's the it's, best. It's filthy. Yeah, it's filthy. It's been fun. I've seen some highlights. Uh, am I watching the full games? No, but I watched we'll the highlights. Well, PT, tomorrow. just to let you know, tonight, USA versus Canada for the gold medal at 930. Oh, well, there you go. PT does have to teach in the morning, but I'll watch a period. There you go. <laughs> you can get the rest of the information that you missed on 973ESPN.com when Kevin Durso puts up the article. That is true. All right. Uh, uh, so I'm glad I could set you up for that. That was perfect. <laughs> Tuesday with Thompson. Happy Hour Friday. He'll be back. And, of course, he, like all guests, appeared via the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. Peter, take care. All right, guys. Good to catch up with you. Happy New Year. Same to you. We'll do our Fine Five, Ugly Five coming up. Are you going to watch the gold medal game? No. Come on. No we interest. No. It's a sick tournament. No interest. Last night was great. I had Sixers and then West Virginia, Oklahoma State. At nine. I thought you had the bachelor with the woman with the toy. DVR'd. Oh, DVR'd it. It's a 
cool toy. It's a cool try toy. Try that. Uh, not I, I don't toy. think I'm going to try it. No, not I don't think toy. I am. DVR. <laughs> Back with more Sports Bash Live, 97.3 ESPN, the free mobile app. Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. Five thirty-three Sports Bash. We'll do the Fine Five, Ugly Five. Now, somebody called in or uh, texted in and said that this was the song that we should have been playing underneath that guy. Wow, man! Being a Sixers fan is just amazing right now, dude. 17 weeks of bull Eagles football, but then it's all worth it in the end. Seeing these Sixers just on people, dude. I don't even know if put this in the video, but it's just amazing. It is just great watching these dudes. Everyone's touching ball, everyone's involved, everyone's scoring points, everyone's getting assists. It's great. I see the, I see it. I see the correlation. I was going to clean my room. But yep. then I got high, right? Yep. Here we go. Gonna eat. No. But then I got high. Yeah, he just went and watched the Sixers game. Everyone's scoring. This is great. What was the quote? It is different, though. No, he said. Uh, Everybody's touching. All the guys. He said something about all the guys touching the balls. They're all scoring, is what I think he's trying to get out. I think there's double digits in back-to-back games for the starting five. That Maxi kid can score. Milton can score. Well, your boy Corkmaz, is he going to get back in a role? I think uh, Tyrese Maxey could have stole that. What do you think? Well, I think Maxey and Milton are your backcourt. Yeah, I know. I like when those two guys wishful, play together. Wishful thinking. I like when those two guys, though. Yeah, oh yeah, no doubt about it. I like when they give Maxey a run with the... Uh, I want to see them give him a run with the starting unit. I think he is so... How about that... He had the steal in the paint in their own defensive side of the floor. How fast did he get up the floor and then make the layup with contact? Let's see if you can time it. Okay? Time what? How fast he got the ball. Now, how do you do that? Do you see the play? Yeah, I can. Well, I got, okay. I got my guy. We got a little stopwatch going here. Here's a steal by Maxi Into the lane. Jams it. Malik Monk had it taken away, and a jam by Maxi. That was some athleticism up. there. He flies and slams. Not that's actually it's great. That's so many great plays he made. Could have been this one. Maxi with a steal. Ball is there. Tyrese up and good, and a foul on Lamelo Ball. He would not one? get that's out the of the one. way. That's Maxie, the one. Some guys just have a knack, right? Some guys have a nose for the ball, a nose for the basket. Maxi weaving through traffic, going left and right, gets a round ball. Around Monk and a foul at the basket, and he scored it. I'll be honest with you. I wanted Malik Monk when that was uh, in play. He stinks. He stinks. He's bad. Well, they needed three-point shooting. I was like, hey, you know, you can get Malik Monk. He is bad. What do you think of Ball? He's got some nice handles. I he think does have good handles. I think he'll be better. Like, I think he can be better than what Lonzo is. His brother stinks. Yeah, his brother's not good. Yeah, he's. Can you imagine picking him number two? He's a better shooter than the brother. I, yeah, the, the older yeah, brother. Lonzo. Yeah, he's he's not good. But I could see Lamelo. Lamelo Ball is the, his biggest knock was shooting. I think he's a better shooter than they led him on to be. 
You know, I'm not saying he's great, but they made it seem like he can't do a damn thing shooting. He's a better shooter than they gave him credit. He doesn't for. finish great. I mean, he's only 19. He doesn't have the strength, but no. he's not a great finisher. He's a good right facilitator, now. though. He's very quick with the handle. I'll give him that. Yeah, big time. But there was a play. Something happened last night. And he, he goes and gives the referee knuckles. I saw that. And I'm thinking, dude, you're not in high school, man. I did see. That. I thought that was a little weird. You got the guy who delivers chips by day, refereeing the game at night. You're giving him knuckles. Hey, I mean, give him some credit. He played in what, like Lithuania or something? Did he? Argentina? One yeah, of those? I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm kind of. Uh, he does have the, the quick handles and all that. He's so small, though. Yeah, what do you, uh, this Hornets team, I'm getting knocked because I said they stink, as if that means the Sixers don't deserve credit. No, both can be true. I give the Sixers credit, but you're watching a team they led by They won a couple Terry, games in a row. Terry Rozier-led basketball team. How far does that get you? Not far. Not far at all. They got Gordon Hayward. Yeah, but he that injury really played a role. You know, Hayward's out there last night thinking, what the hell did I do? Well, it's got to be better. It's probably at least easier on the mind than playing in that ball. But he's thinking to himself, I played this team how many times over the last two or three years, and we've beat them every time. And now I'm out here getting my ass kicked by them. He valued probably the mental side of the game then, you know, because Boston, he was getting ripped, destroyed. He's not worth it. He's useless. And it wasn't as Guess if what? he played a big role. Now he signs that contract, and he's going to get ripped because he's not doing enough in the team. Well, nobody well, cares in Charlotte. Right. And it's the same contract, though. It was just moved, correct? So it's the same money he would have been making in Boston. It just got moved. It was a sign-in trade, if I remember correctly. Tech or whatever. It was just a trade or with, with Boston to get him out of town. But that injury absolutely played a role on uh, on the outcome of what he has been to this point. It's a shame. All right, let's get into the Fine Five, Ugly Five. It's the final edition of the year. Five best, five worst teams in the NFL to close out the season. Ugly Five. These are the five worst teams in the NFL this year. You ready? Yes. All right, number five, the worst, the fifth worst team in the league. These are the five worst. I went Detroit, number five. Their defense was so bad. They got the coach fired. You know that the Detroit Lions, like we're complaining about the Eagles. They need to fire the coach. They need to get rid of Allie Roseman. They won a Super Bowl together not too long ago. It wasn't like they won the Super Bowl when you were in high school like you cowboy losers out there. They won the Super Bowl four years ago, and people want these guys fired. You know the Detroit Lions have won one playoff game in 60 years? One playoff game? In 60 years. Yeah, but these guys do deserve to be on the hot seat, to be fair. But can you imagine? Oh, it's bad. It's a lot worse. Okay, you won the Super Bowl X amount of years ago with these guys. You also went to the playoffs the, the following two years. Yeah, it but wasn't... we shouldn't compare ourselves to the Detroit I'm just Lions. saying, just listen how irrational we sound sometimes. The, the, the Browns haven't been to the playoffs in 18 years. We want our guy fired after they didn't make the playoffs for one year. With how many injuries did we just throw out there? 73? I just think it's too black and white. There's too much context to uh, to just make it that simple. You know what I mean? I get what you're saying. I'm just saying. Like, I got you. I do. I do understand what they've you're saying. Won it's one crazy play, to they've won about. one playoff game in 60 years. Yeah, I got a buddy from Detroit I played hockey with. He texts me every Sunday. You have no clue. How do you continue to support that team? Yeah, we went through. Yeah, exactly. What we just went through is what they go through every year. It really is, though. What we just experienced is what the Lions experience every single season. I don't know how you could possibly do it. I'm, I'm. I told Josh uh, during the break. 
I'm through like mental and physical fatigue based off this team. And more news drops by the day. It's crazy. All right, my number five, I also have the Lions. I, I don't think Matthew Stafford is, uh, is going to be in play much longer for that team. They need a whole new identity. It's sort of like what we said about the Falcons. Whether Matt Ryan has time or not, let's start over. Matthew Stafford, I think he's a good player. He'd probably have success elsewhere. Yeah. I think it's time to just start over. It's all they got. Yeah, they're bad, It's like man. the dice roll. It's pretty much all they got. Yeah, it's bad, the dice roll. Was that one of your moves? Yeah. I could see it. I could see it. All right, you're four? Cincinnati. They're going to keep their coach, by the way. Do you think that is warranted? It doesn't matter. They're the Bengals. I mean, it's, again, the Eagles want their guys fired. The Bengals... They had some playoff uh, appearances. They haven't won a playoff game in my... I can't remember. <laughs> the 80s? When was the last time the Bengals won a playoff game? Yeah, it's been some time. I was watching Andy Dalton play for the Cowboys thinking, wow, this guy actually led a team to the playoffs, you know? Multiple times. I know. He was so bad the other night. He was yeah, really bad. He was. Um, the Bengals were 4-11-1, and I put them 4 because they have some promise with Burrow moving forward. 90. They won, I said 80 in the 80s. They won the last time that Bengal. Think about that. The last time they won a playoff game was in 19. Nine, like, you have to ask back. Even the Cowboys have won a playoff game in the last 20 years. Right. Think about that. The Cowboys have won a playoff game in the last 20 years. And the Bengals. It's been since 1990. Well, here, here, this plays a big role, too. How successful have the Steelers been? It's like, for a team like that, you need to be in such a different division to luck yourself into it you know because Baltimore's Steelers, doing okay but those two franchises seem to be successful you need to be in like a poor division to accidentally win for some of these franchises so Detroit hasn't won a playoff game in 60 years the Bengals haven't won one since 1990 and we want to fire our guy who's been to the playoffs three out of four years but it's still worth isn't that it. crazy it is but I still think that it's uh it's still My reasonable God. at the same time though still they've reasonable. won one playoff game in 60 years and it was in 91 so if you just said they haven't won a playoff game since 91, when you add more contexts, they they've won one in 60 years. It's bad. Oh my God. It's bad. And what's Dallas won? Two in 30 years? 20 yeah. years? It's, it's been I mean, they're right there. They're right there with one of the worst in the last 20 years. They won like two playoffs. Two. The difference is, though, they had that run that they keep, uh, I said, keep holding on to. I know. I was under 200 pounds when the Cowboys last won a Super Bowl. For God's sakes. Get over it. Get over I, it. I was at Wawa the other day getting my coffee. Still never paid for the person behind me. And uh, oh, this guy had on a Super Bowl championship, like one of those start, not a starter jacket, but it had the buttons and it had Super Bowl champions all the years the Dallas Cowboys won it. And like it was it was bulky, like a varsity jacket. That's the word I'm yeah. looking for. Had all the years they won it with the Cowboys snow hat that had all the years. I'm thinking, Really? You put that on this morning? Ah, <laughs> oh, man, ridiculous. Uh, I went with the Texans over Cincinnati. I probably could have put Cincinnati in there over the Texans. I just went with the Texans. It was such a brutal season for them and firing the coach. Bill O'Brien, the trade to lose DeAndre Hopkins. I thought that was a big storyline this season for them. They have the quarterback, and same with Cincinnati. They have the quarterback of the future. Both of these franchises do. The Texans were so hideous, though, to me, especially early on with Bill O'Brien and all. Bad, bad, bad. I like their quarterback, so he didn't make my list. Uh, Philly was three. They were horrible. It was just so bad. So, 
they got to be on my list. I'm with you. I have them at three as well. Yeah. So think about this, because I know what you have at one and two. I just don't know in what order. That's where we put the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, I mean, in the injuries, I think, look, the Eagles were the most injured team in football and at the biggest positions. I mean, their offensive line, they had 14. It's never happened before in the history of the game. 14 different line combinations. No one's winning with that. No. Tom Brady's not winning with 14 different line combinations. Um, San Francisco had a lot of injury issues. Dallas had injury issues. They finished issues. with what? Six wins? Yeah. And okay. the Eagles beat them. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Week three or so? Yeah. Good times. But, I mean, no team was decimated more by injuries than than Philly was. But guess what? That's why you're bad. <laughs> it's not an excuse of being bad, you're bad because you've, you your team roster was not deep enough. You did not have the depth that was. Now, they had a ton of injuries, but that, that's what it is. Yeah. That's and why I, you're bad. And I mentioned this before. At some point, would you be on all those injuries if you didn't rely on an Alshon, if you didn't rely on a Deshaun, and things of that nature? You know, I don't know. Whoever stepped in could have gotten injured. It's football. Of course they could have. But is part of the reasons why the injuries occurred is because you relied heavily on some veteran players, and then it's just the nature of being 30-plus years old. Yeah. By the way, since the Cowboys last won the Super Bowl, they've only won four playoff games. Well, I mean, I think that's just the nature of sports in general, screaming for the coach. Mike Tomlin gets – they want to fire Mike Tomlin every year. They want to fire Sean Payton, Sean Payton every right. year. Yeah, it's the, it's the same that's thing That's my everywhere. point is – like, the, the the Saints missed the playoffs like four straight years. Yeah, I think it was three straight seven and nine yeah. seasons. It happens. You're just not going to be good every year. You're not going to be good every year. Yeah, the problem is people do it every year, and then there's finally a year where it does make sense, but I don't want, I don't want to agree with those irrational people that say it every year, but eventually they will be right because they say it so much. You know? What? Like, fire this guy, fire that guy. It's like, you say that every year, but there will be a time where that it, it does make sense to do it, and I don't like to agree with them, but that year, they might be right. Because eventually, you know, you say it every day, one of those days has got to be the right day. They're just people, they just, oh, it's always their fault. I know, I know, I'm with you. It's frustrating, damn people. All right, Jets and Jacksonville. Jets and Jacksonville. All right, who are the top five? Let's go. Five, four, three, two, one, five. These are hard. And this one was tough, and I left out a team that at one point was my one, which is crazy. I'm going Ravens at five. They were wow. ugly. Yeah, they were ugly. They were bad. I'm not saying in my ugly five, but there was a point where they were losing games constantly. They went on a nice tear to finish off the season. Looks like they, they got did. a little bit of their swagger back. A little bit. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I like them. I like my five. They're, they're five. I'm going Tampa five. Mike Evans, though? I Brady's don't really starting to like be like, get out of my way. I'm Tom Brady. Yeah, did they come out with an analysis of what happened to Mike Evans' knee that last game? That was an ugly-looking slow-motion knee jerk there. Dude, Brady finished, what, fifth in the league in passing yards? I mean, I'm going Brady 5. Okay. Forget the Bucks. Brady 5. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Bradys. That's awesome. Uh, this team won the NFC West, although it probably wasn't as pretty as some would think, but I, I got Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson in the po just like you said, Tampa Bay. Brady's. Their offense just kind of slipped up a little it bit. Slipped up a little bit, but it's Russell Wilson in the playoffs. I'm going with Seattle, but I think there's a big drop-off from five and four and my top three. I got New Orleans. Four. All right. The thing with New Orleans is, I wonder what it's like. One of the reasons why they're so damn successful and, look, they won a lot of games this year, but their home atmosphere in the playoffs is something they really thrive with. 
you're not going to have that this year. Now, I'm not saying that means they can't win games. Of course they can. I just think that that dome was a big part of their success over the last couple of years. Does that play a factor in how deep they go? They have a big home field advantage. Hey, it's huge. Definitely fair. Yeah. Definitely fair. Uh, I got Green Bay three. I have the Bills three. This Bills team is good. Josh Allen is good. And I, I heard a great perspective on Josh Allen. The first couple years of his career, what did you think about him? You didn't think anything close to this. How do we view Jalen Hurts right now? No, right? he's the reverse Wentz. He is the he reverse He was highly Wentz. inaccurate, and now he's become accurate. But I'm tying it with someone like Hurts. Right now, it's, can he be a franchise guy? I don't know. Well, look what the Bills put up with, with Josh Allen. Could it be the same? All right. Two. Packers. I went Buffalo. And Chiefs. Yeah, Buffalo, one problem, their defense is not very good. I just trust Rodgers more than I trust Josh Allen. That's true. That's why I flipped those. I feel that Buffalo's a nicer story. For sure. Everyone's rooting for that Bills Mafia. They won. They've been to the playoffs, what, three times now in since the 90s. Imagine like a Browns-Bills play. You both want to root for those cities because they're in hell all the time, you know? It's crazy. Crazy. All right, there you go. That's the final 5-5, five, five, ugly 5. All right, we'll wrap things up tonight with the five as we get you ready for a Wednesday show tomorrow. Paul Hudrick is our uh, inside the Sixers. Jeff Mosher's in for football at four. What do we got tonight? A little bit all over the place, but since we just talked about the Browns, how about this dude? I just want to get your thoughts on, like, Stefanski, COVID-19, not able to actually call the game? I mean, come on. Pretty brutal. Head coach. Yeah, I wonder if, like, if – and. I, I guess you're not allowed to do this, but like if he can at least be on a phone or in somebody's earpiece and call the plays while he's watching. I mean, if he's asymptomatic, he's watching the game. I don't see why he wouldn't be able to call from his house. <laughs> can you imagine that? Calling a playoff football game from your basement or something? You know, like, oh, I'm having Wi-Fi issues. Hold on a second. Can he put the play clock back to 40? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come on. That's crazy. All right, so... The Dolphins announced that they're all in with, with Tua. And look, a young guy and all, but it was a weird situation. They used Fitzmagic as this fourth quarter guy. I was one of those guys that said I didn't think Tua was going to be. It wasn't worth tanking for Tua. Um, and a part of it was because I thought he was going to get injured. That's true. Big you know, time injuries. Yeah, that he was going to be too small, take a beating, all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I mean... I understand it's committing to him for like. Well, they're talking year. about doing that with Washington this week, where Smith and Henneke are going to rotate. That's crazy. Is that the ever we're in? All right, thoughts on KD so far this season? Thumbs up, huh? Durant? Yeah. He's hurt again. I no, he's COVID. Well, he's COVID. That's a big time difference. Yeah. When's your next cup of coffee? I bet on him. I have him on our fantasy. I, I bet him to win MVP at like plus whatever. Well, there's I still can. time. It depends on what you misses. Your next cup of coffee will be when I get home. When you get home. Every I night when it. I get home. I love it. All right, what's on the TV tonight in your household? Good question. What's it, Tuesday? Tuesday. I don't know. Maybe use the guy, DBR, the toy. Got to find a new show, mate. That's good. All right, well, uh, Josh is up uh, next with Game Night. Dave Weinberg joins him. 